Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. But I believe we have some breaking news. And it's brought to you by the Radio.com Sports app and Indeed.com. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported that Tyreek Hill is signing a three-year, $54 million contract extension with the Chiefs. That will be $35 million in guaranteed money. Three at 54, 35 guaranteed. Four cross-reference for you fellers. Uh, Odell Beckham makes about 18 a year, average. So that's kind of where Tyreek Hill would be in that regard. Michael Thomas topped it out at about 19-2, and Hill's probably a little less than Thomas. Um, So, yeah, basically from an average per year standpoint, that makes Hill the second highest paid. Um, That's about the same fully guaranteed money that Michael Thomas got in his deal as well, about $35 million. So, to me, how this affects Amari Cooper, and we can chop this up uh, amongst ourselves, but it's become quite clear that Amari Cooper's uh, market value has become a little more solidified in my estimation. If you look at their numbers from last year, or even the last two years, uh, Tyreek Hill last year, 87 catches, 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. Amari Cooper, 75 catches, but... You know, Tyreek Hill has never been that 100-catch guy that Michael Thomas has been, that Odell Beckham has been before, that Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins are. He hasn't been that guy. But Amari Cooper's kind of in that Tyreek Hill area in terms of how many times they get the ball and things like that. So, Did did you guys happen to see Cal Watkins' tweet yesterday afternoon? Because I felt like it slipped through a lot of cracks there. But he was he was – I'm looking for it right now. But he was basically talking about Amari Cooper. Okay, here it is. Uh, a source close to Amari Cooper said he's ready to do a deal now. So what uh, Julio Jones does has no bearing on his talks with the Cowboys. Cooper has taken a relaxed approach with his contract negotiations. Interesting. Well, he can be more relaxed than everybody else because what was Zeke going to make this year? Zeke was going to make 3.8. Jack's going to make two. And Amari's making close to 14. So he can be a little more relaxed than those guys for sure. Um, I think these other deals should be getting Amari's and Dak's attention pretty quickly, especially the Lyle and Jalen deals because nobody saw either of those deals coming. Right. But what is the – so give me the Tyreek deal again. Explain to me exactly why that breaks down. So three at 54, and then 35 of that will be guaranteed. So it's about 18 a year, basically. About 18 a year. Or about yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. money. So, so for him, I mean, if he never got into any trouble off the field – and was never a concern in any way, I think he could have got more. I think he could have got more. But they've it's already, a short deal, too. It's a short deal. They've already drafted his replacement, a guy that hopefully can do what he can do. Now, not to say that he can't. What's that kid's name? Uh, McCall Hardman. Yeah. Well, he's a hell of a supplement. McCall Hardman's not as experienced at wide receiver. But, right. But, but, yeah, you're right, though. It's a guy I thought he could easily. Not easily. Got, not easily. Could you, kind of replace him. Tyreek is the most ridiculous weapon in football. But they've got a guy maybe. who could be the next Tyreek, maybe. But yeah. my point is, if it wasn't for the trouble that he's gotten into – he could have had a bigger payday, and he's smart enough to see the writing on the wall that, hey, they, I think they were already making moves thinking that they might lose him, so they pr- are prepared to live without him. Um, 
and it was smart for him to go ahead and cash in right now because obviously that offense is incredibly dynamic and he's massively important to it to their young quarterback so I, I, can, I can see both sides giving in there a little bit I doubt they really wanted to have a huge commitment to Tyreek Hill considering he may get into trouble tomorrow and they won't be able to count on him but at the same time, they're relying on so much from him with their young quarterback. They kind of had to also. He's 25 years old, and he was scheduled to make uh, about $2 million this year. Um, and then his contract, then he was an unrestricted free agent. So it would be going into unrestricted free agency at the age of 26. Getting a three-year deal is all fantastic for the Chiefs. I mean, that is all fantastic for the Chiefs. You're not only getting out from under what you're talking about, Ben, with his obvious issues off the field. But I don't want to start paying a receiver past the age of 29. No. You know, so it's it, it's kind of like the beauty of what we talk about with this Amari Cooper deal. This is the most beautiful time to sign Amari Cooper. So Tyreek Hill signing a three-year deal, that is a massive win for the Chiefs, and they're going to get him for all his best years. And then they're going to be like, all right, go be uh, Deshaun Jackson somewhere. We're good. In my head, I always thought uh, the number that made sense for Amari would be five at 90, uh, which is a little less than Michael Thomas, but it puts you up there with Odell Beckham's contract. And I think Beckham's a far better player than Amari Cooper, but like five at 90, you could guarantee about 54, 55 of it. To me, that's the number that kind of makes sense. Tyreek Hill signing that deal right there, though. I don't know how much it changes things in the marketplace, but it does just give you even more concrete evidence of that's where the area wide receivers are going to be. No one's going to leapfrog 20. You know, I thought Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill were the two guys that had a chance to leapfrog 20 and really look ahead. No no one's going to do that. I don't think anyone's paying Amari Cooper that. Right. I think it helps the, I think it helps the Cowboys in their discussions with Amari. Yeah, and I, think I think it so calms too. things down. In other words, if you're Amari Cooper, you know, you're like, okay, well, I know my value to the Cowboys. The offense was broken without me. I saved their quarterback. You, I don't care if you want to talk about who are the top five receivers are. How does this offense work without me? He's got leverage in that regard. Uh, he makes Dak significantly better, and he made this offense click. It was stalling without him. So who, regardless of where you have him in your power rankings, that doesn't matter. The only reason for him to sit there and hold out and go for the jugular is if there's massive dividends to be had. If Julio Jones is getting 22 and guys are getting talking about 24 or stuff like that, consistently getting 20, then okay, fight for it. If not, go ahead and get the security now. And there's no way Amari's not looking at this pie shrinking and not thinking about it. Yeah, and I also he think, has to be. I also think too, Ben, yeah. that he's not motivated by ego. We're like Zeke was clearly motivated by, by, motivated by ego. I've got to be the highest paid here. I've got to have this recognition. It's got to be about me here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Amari Cooper is over there going, man, I have a goal to acquire 31 uh, real estate properties by this date. This helps me do it. He's already thinking about what the next thing is. It's not, well, I've got to be the highest paid person so people can talk about me in that regard. That dude's got a plan. He knows exactly what he wants to do. And I think that's kind of the impetus of, of Calvin's tweet yesterday is, Whatever's happening with those other guys doesn't really impact me. I know what I want. I know what needs to happen. And to Ben's point, there's no rush in getting it. I'm going to be collecting about $14 million this year. But he's got his agents are trying to get him that. And his sure, agents man. are worried about ego. And his agents are worried about rankings. And they work for him. And so, again, it's going to be a situation where the player is going to have to go to his agent and say, hey, man, hey, 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 I just want to get a deal done. Right. All right, I'm cool with 17, 18, 
whatever it is. I don't have to be the highest paid. Let's go ahead and get this deal done. And the other part of this that I, I can't help but think about is I think about Dak. You said Tyreek Hill was about to go make uh, two mil a year. Mm -hmm. Isn't that roughly what we're talking about with Dak? Yep. Dak's about to make $2 million. If he gets hit and, God forbid, gets injured in some way that he's never the same, which happens in football all the time, dude, he is going to miss out on so much freaking money. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about $30 million, $35 million, $40 million per year. It doesn't matter how many years. Just in one year, if you're only talking about $30 million, he's risking $28 million at a minimum if he gets hurt. And what you're seeing with Tyreek Hill is maybe they had negotiations that come down to the last minute. He's like, hell no, I'm not going to hold out to try to make 20 when you're telling me I can make 18 instead of two. Let's go. And you know who he's holding out for? He's holding out for the agents. He's holding out so the agent can get a bigger piece of his pie. There's not, I love the phrase that Florio used that an NFL executive told him about Dak when he said it should be considered malpractice. We talked about this with Nerlens Noel. He walked away from almost $80 million. And you know what he, you know, he, he secured seven. Yeah. He walked away from 80 guaranteed because you know what? I might be able to get 96. All right, sounds good. So you can sit there and go, well, uh, I think I can get you more. You go, okay, but I'm making two. You get, can you, I'm not going to have the 28 million this year that you're talking about. Are you going to be able to make all of that up? Because I know it benefits you. I know it benefits the agent. The more we get for me, the more money you're going to make. But you're telling me, that you think it's smart for me to walk away from 28 extra million guaranteed starting this year. I hope that's some really good advice. Doesn't matter if you're a submissive personality. Because in that situation, huh? like you're talking about just kind of letting the agent. You know, the thing I'm, I'm playing this back to, I guess, with Dak is just kind of 2016, doing what the coach said, doing what the right. coach said, doing what the coach said. Hey, I'm going to do what my agents say. I'm not worried about it. I got a direct TV uh, commercial. I got Dan and Yogurt. I got Albertsons. Right. I got all this stuff. Right. I'm good. I've got... Probably just as much money as Mari Cooper's making this year. I'll just let my uh, agents handle it. I mean, his attitude the whole time when he talks about it, when he talks about it from a camera, who knows what he's saying to his friends behind the scenes. We don't know that stuff. Right. But it, he's been, he and Mari, like, have both been like, I'm just going to let him ha handle it. But not it's worried a, about it. It's a game of chicken up until the season starts. And, again, it's way higher stakes for Dak than it is for Amari. Amari's already going to make 13-7 or 13-9 or 14, whatever he's making this year. Mm -hmm. Dak's making two. So, I mean, you, you, this is a game of chicken. Unfortunately for Dak, I think, he's hired an agency who is ruthless, and they are notoriously the Scott Boris of football, where they're going to go for the jugular on all these deals. They don't cut team-friendly deals. They don't cave. They don't give in. That's their reputation. That's who they are, and that's why you hire them. And so, again, we've talked about this a lot. I know players who have gone around Boris before. It's basically going to take that. If you want to try it, if, you, if Dak really cares about being here, if he's getting nervous here at the final hours right before the season starts and he doesn't want to make two mil, he wants to make 30, well, he should go ahead and say, guys, cut the deal. I mean, they may fire Dak. They may go, okay, you're fired. You're not our agent. Or, We're not your agent anymore. You're not going to let us go for the jugular. Because uh, I think CAA is more worried about Pat Mahomes' contract, which right. is coming down the road. Yeah. They don't want to look unfavorably to other clients, other quarterbacks, and say, Hey, we got Dak 35, and then next, you know, next the next big deal that comes down the pike is is uh, you know Mahomes getting 50 a year or 45 a year. And isn't it more complicated for Dak on all of his endorsements because CAA secures a lot of that stuff for him? I know that's the benefit of going with CAA is all their 
tentacles are in so many different aspects of the entertainment world. Uh, but, you know, the the reasonable aspect of this to me is they're going, man, just fire those guys. Hire a lawyer to read the language of the contract. You can pick up a newspaper and see what these guys are making. Mm-hmm. Just go in there and don't give them money. Just pay a lawyer by the hour to make sure the contract's good and make sit there and do the reasonable thing. But that never happens, and so much of this is about ego and projection. And what is he paying his agent? 10%? 7%? I know yeah. it's negotiable. Each, each agency probably negotiates. I'll do it for five. Or right, whatever. right. I don't know the answer to that. I would totally yeah. be speculating, and I would. I wouldn't mind firing up some NFL music real quick and hitting this shippy because it's fascinating. The uh, Tyreek Hill story kind of buried it super quick. But according to uh, Josina Anderson and uh, Adam Schefter, when Mike Mayock walked out on the field, the thing that escalated it is that Antonio Brown saw him Wanted to go over and talk about it. And it says, a source confirmed that Mayock watching practice walked over and initiated an exchange. Brown saw him watching practice, walked over and initiated an exchange. The source confirmed that Brown called Mayock a cracker and unleashed a barrage of cuss words during the (laughs) altercation. I'm going to go on record as saying, and I have not had this confirmed, but I believe that he called him a cracker-ass cracker. I think <laughs> probably probably what I think he did. Uh, which Mayock's response was like, I'm cool. I understand your displeasure. And then he walked away. <laughs> I did not say this is the team source. I'm reading it right here. Hold on. You have to yell that, too. I'm cool. I understand your displeasure. No, it's like this. I'm cool. I understand your displeasure. <laughs> Actually, if I'm going back inside now. Sorry about me. Let's do it in Mayock voice. I'm cool, Antonio. I understand your displeasure. <laughs> I don't know that that's a real. That's voice how he me. talks. Uh, Gruden was uh, tired of it. Pleasure. And he had the really funny line of, "I've been talking about the same guy every day." Uh, so let's go back in time. Who is this shippy this, on ESPN? Is this Ryan Clark? Ryan Clark, yep. Listen to this from January, what Ryan Clark said about paying Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is walking past the weight, weight room and training camp. Uh-huh. And right now we hear that Mike Wallace has turned down his deal. He's going, uh, Antonio's going into his third year. You hear that Mike Wallace has turned down his deal. And I knew already that they were going to offer Antonio. And he's walking past, and I turn to the strength coach, and I say, when you give him money, you're going to create a monster. That day in practice, Antonio and I almost get into a fight because he's saying things to Coach LeBeau. He's screaming at Coach LeBeau, screaming at us defensively, don't touch me, I'm the franchise, this and that, because he already had that mindset, and now with success, with money, these things come. And you hear more about them, some things that we don't need to bring up now, but when it comes to just being a good teammate, when it comes to just being supportive, to understanding that you're trying to achieve one goal, that doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is 19 attempts, 14 catches, 185 yards, two touchdowns against the Saints. That's what's important to Antonio Brown. Uh, One more real interesting quote here. Uh, I I don't want to just paint Brown as a villain, but he's very difficult to deal with. A Raiders source told Josina Anderson, nobody works as hard, nobody loves the game as much, but it seems like there is something that is distracting him from his love that he can't control. Uh, Okay, distracting him from his love of the game? That he simply cannot control. Yeah, Uh, and I've heard other people speculate that maybe he just doesn't want to play. Like, uh, if my son doesn't want to go to baseball practice or basketball practice or or something, there's a million different things that could come up and be a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I have ocular keratitis. I can't see the sun... I can't 
I'm yeah. not with it today. Yeah, I got a cramp in my pinky toe. I can't, you know, I don't know. It's like he, he doesn't like his helmet. They won't, wear him, they won't let him wear his hand-painted own personal helmet that he made. I mean, he's coming up with excuses not to play. Maybe he just doesn't want to play anymore. And, dude, who blame, Who can blame him? We've talked about this before. Maybe look at Des Bryant. Des Bryant said he turned down $30 million to go play football with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And you and I can sit here and go, man, I'd take $30 million. Are you kidding me? To go play a fun game like football? But running across the middle in the NFL and being laid out by a horrible pass and being vulnerable is not fun. Thinking about not being able to uh, you know, know where you're going later in your life, be limping around everywhere, losing your memory, CTE, all those things, they're not fun. And once you have a ton of money, I can see that in your mind going, hey, don't we have enough? I don't think I want to go across the middle. Right. Josina Anderson reporting that with team captain standing uh, with him, Antonio Brown has just issued an emotional apology to all of his teammates. Right. See, not a bad guy. Let's get him here as soon as possible. <laughs> no, Let's go. Yo, yeah. Do you guys hate Super Bowls? No, you don't want to know what this emotional apology is about? Wait a minute. My actions just voided out my whole contract? $30 million. Hold on. I did that? By calling the guy in charge a cracker-ass cracker? I did that? I'm so sorry. I've never loved my teammates in this organization as much as I do right now. Can you just get me on the roster Sunday? <laughs> and then I'll come life. up with something else to take a dump in the middle of the locker room. Oh, we'll get back uh, into this later. I do want to say this. Whenever we talk about Antonio Brown, just go to the internet and Google his stats. He's incredible. Change the way you feel. And He's an incredible player. Masked singer. Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we'll have an Aggie insider and a Longhorn insider to get you ready for a fantastic weekend of college football. That's right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thanks, Shippy. It's been in Skin Show 105.3. The fan coming to you live from the Eagle's Nest in Fort Worth, 8455 Boat Club Road, where they are featuring the Sloppy Choppy Sandwich. Oh, dear. Any of you Tolos having the Sloppy Choppy? Uh, wow, all, right. Justin uh, all right, we got one. We got one. He's going for it for sure. Uh, the Sloppy like Choppy. <laughs> Sean asked us before we started the show, which of us are going to, What? how do you word that? He said, put choppy in our mouths. Uh-huh. I think he's talking about the sloppy choppy sandwich. That's exactly what he was talking okay, about. Okay, good, hope good, so. good. I Couldn't hope, be I hope anything else. Uh, we are ready to talk a little college football. Two huge games that impact the Metroplex uh, as Texas A&M plays Clemson and LSU uh, goes to Texas to play the Horns. Two massive games on Saturday. So we thought we'd do uh, a situation where, we don't want to just bring on an A&M expert because then all the Longhorns are ticked off and going, what the hell, man? So we're doing equal time. We've got an A&M expert and we've got a Texas expert. So let's start with Billy Lucci of TexasAgs.com who joins us now. Billy, thanks for the time, brother. We appreciate it. Uh, so I guess the, the place to jump off here is uh, does Texas A&M have a chance in this game? Yeah, I think absolutely, guys. First of all, I appreciate you all having me. But, yeah, I mean, I think all you have to do is, is – Go watch last year's game, and, and, and I know Trevor Lawrence, he may have played four or five uh, series in that game. and He was still he – he was a few weeks from being, I think, ready for uh, 
you know, that atmosphere, that college defense, obviously he proved more than ready as the season went on. So they're completely different because of that. But you look at the A&M guys that were making plays in that game where it came down to literally a two-point conversion uh, with under a minute left to go to overtime there. Kind of had Clemson on the ropes. Uh, you look at that, and, yeah, there's Trevor Lawrence, and Clemson I think is, is much better than they were. I think the Aggies have a chance to be too, mainly because of uh, the guy under center and what they've got mm-hmm. up front on defense. I think it makes for a really interesting matchup, and I think Clemson and Dabo Sweeney are expecting another really close football game. Uh, they have a, I think they have a legit shot. I'm not picking them to win. I think that point spread pretty insane when you look at it, though. I think it's going to be Clemson's toughest game of the regular season, which it was last year, too. You look back, it was actually their toughest game of the entire season, bar none. Well, Billy, you get instant credibility with us when a homer, and I don't mean that in a negative way, we're Mav and Cowboy homers, for example, but when a homer doesn't pick his team to win, I I perk up a little bit. What would be, in your estimation, the strength of this Aggie team, and how would that uh, match up against what Clemson does? That's why I think the Aggies have a great shot, because I think Clemson's weaknesses, in my opinion, and watching them all of last year, and especially in that game in person, I think their linebackers outside of number 11, Simmons, who's great, I think their linebackers and uh, safeties in coverage, that's a big matchup advantage for A&M and for Kellen Mond. And and I'm not saying he's going to throw a perfect game and not throw any picks. They're going to make some plays on balls, but I think that's a matchup that favors A&M. And Clemson returns four all-ACC starters up front. Those are kind of the same guys that A&M shoved around a lot last year. They held Travis Etienne to – I think 44 rushing yards, 27 on one carry. I'm not expecting that again, but I do think the A&M defensive line is as good as I've seen since the Aggies joined the SEC for A&M is what I'm saying. Those two matchups, you know, if if the Aggies can slow down number nine, then they have a puncher's chance against against Lawrence and those receivers who I think are as good as A&M is going to see this year including Tua and Jerry Judy in Alabama. But if they can slow down and contain Etienne at running back, which they did last fall, and if Kellen Mond, I think the big question is, can a and run the football a little? Because Jimbo Fisher is going to want this to be a fourth-quarter game where A&M played about eight of them last year and Clemson played, I think, two. He's going to want it to be a fourth-quarter game. The Tigers hadn't been involved in one of those in a while, and they're going to have to lean on them a little bit in the running game. And to me, that's the big question mark. I don't know if the Aggies can do that. Uh, Travion Williams ran for 1,750 yards last year. Thirty, Like 31 of that came against Clemson. Awesome. Awesome stuff, Billy. We love your work. You're our go-to guy for Aggies football. We hope to talk to you again down the road. All right, guys. Love being on with you all. Appreciate All right, it. there he goes, the great Billy Lucci, Texas, uh, texags.com. Now, for the other party's perspective, let's uh, now go to Austin, uh, to the horn, to one of our favorite dudes in all of radio, the great Kevin Dunn, to talk a little Texas Longhorn football. Kevin, how you doing, brother? Gentlemen, man, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good to talk to you all. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure to talk to you. I, I guess we'll start the same place with you. Uh, tell us why Texas has a shot against LSU. 
They got a shot because of Sam Ellinger. They got a shot because of Todd Orlando. And they got a shot because Tom Herman is really taking control of this offense starting last year. And all three of those things, if those guys have A games, if they wake up like Baker Mayfield did and wake up tomorrow and say, damn, I feel good, it's going to be an A day, then they got a really good shot. One through 85, LSU has more talent. And I think this year's team, they're favored and they should be. The line with Tom Herman's uh, record at 13-2-1 against the spread as a head coach is uh, something we can talk about. But LSU's a favorite. They should be. Texas can win this. And if they do, it's not going to be a shock, but it'll be because of those three guys I talked about. Let's talk about the Herman aspect there, Kevin. Whenever you have a new coach coming in, especially one that's really highly regarded and he's the hot name and all this sort of stuff. We always give him a little bit of leeway kind of happened with Charlie. And then they pulled the rug out from Charlie, like rather abruptly. But is there a feeling that this is the year where Tom Herman's now had enough time and what is the Tom Herman way will manifest itself out on the field? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think we really saw that last year and you know, Herman has been proactive with things, including he hasn't really talked about it. I'm pretty sure he was calling plays last year. And so Tim Beck, who was the offensive coordinator, is a really good recruiter and one of those guys, like a lot of coordinators, is good on a chalkboard, good in certain situations, maybe not the best play caller, which is pretty innate and takes, uh, takes some timing. You just got to be good at that. So Herman is good at that. He's taking control. And the biggest thing that has manifested is the toughness. I mean, this is a physical football program now. They're not where they're going to be talent-wise. They're recruiting very well, but a lot of those guys are young. They've been able to redshirt, especially a lot of offensive linemen. This thing's definitely moving in the right direction. There's a lot of optimism, and rightfully so. That's more of an overview for this game, though. Um, you know, the toughness is going to have to be there. I'll say this, though. With what LSU's been doing and with Joe Brady and this whole kind of new spread attack, it does feel like we're running into the big dude who could never fight, and all of a sudden we're running into him after he learned how to fight because they're, they're utilizing their weapons. So this may not be as much of a, like Texas, Georgia, strap them on, let's see if you can be physical, play that SEC ball, which Texas did in New Orleans. This may be more about spreading people out, athletes in space. Is that on that same token? Is that kind of uh, advantageous to Texas, given that Ingram is kind of your only real running back on the roster right now? And how much of a workload can he take? Should he be asked to do a, a ton uh, tomorrow? That's uh, a great question, and and you're, yes, I mean, in terms of it is advantageous because Texas is insanely thin at running back. I mean, it's crazy some of the things that have gone gone on, and to be honest. I don't think Keontae Ingram is completely healthy. He's not injured, oh, but he's hurt a little bit. And he had a bone <laughs> bruise on his knee. Uh, they had to kind of shut him down in camp. So, I, yes, I think because of that, you're going to see a lot of quarterback runs with Herman. Oh. I'm sorry, with uh, Ellinger. And because of that, that'll kind of be the run game. And then throwing some of these swing screens, some of these swing passes, some of these other uh, routes to running backs or at this point, slot receivers is going to be the way that they pick up those quote-unquote running yards. And, and then LSU is going to do the uh, same thing. But, yeah, as for Texas, I think because of their personnel and who's healthy, it, it does benefit them. All right, we're talking to the great Kevin Dunn from the Horn in Austin, our University of Texas insider, one of our Pluckers homeboys too, one of our good friends. So both my brothers uh, went to Texas for undergrad and grad school. They follow every aspect of UT football. 
And so shout outs to Quan Lee, Jonathan Rogers, and my uh, older brother, Tony Rogers. Tony was recently showing me uh, every recruiting class they've had since Herman. And it's like top four, top three, top two, top five, whatever. It's like every, you know, as long as he hadn't been here that long, but it's like top class, top class, top class. Right. Is, are, is that, are we seeing that? I mean, is, is, are you seeing a team loaded with talent? Because you talked about, okay, LSU probably has more talent. Obviously, they have great recruiting classes too. But, it, you know, when they rank these recruiting classes, is does it stay true? I mean, because you don't ever see horns really, not that often, get drafted in, in the pros. You just don't see it very often. Yeah, and you're exactly right. Kind of what we're getting is we're getting uh, guys that are sophomores and below. So really the Caden Cerns, the B.J. Foster, the Sam Cosme, that class, those guys, I mean – it's going to be. It's going to take a year or two, but those guys have potential to be first-round type guys, and and I'd be shocked if they're not drafted, at least drafted pretty high. We all know how loaded the NFL draft is, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's coming to answer your question. And one of the things that they were able to do, as I mentioned earlier, was you know, I mean, they were robbing the garden. They were picking they were picking the produce before it was done, and then going back out to the garden and being upset that, that nothing was there. And, re- and really they were doing that with the offensive line room to where they weren't evaluating well, they weren't developing well, and they were playing guys too early. Well, that's not a good sign for a program. And they were able to flip that last year where there were a couple guys on the offensive line that probably could have played that they redshirted. There were a couple other guys uh, that were pretty talented that probably could have played, but they redshirted. So I think they've been able to slow that process but, yeah, I mean, the Caden Stern, the B.J. Foster, Sam Cosme is a really good left tackle. Sam Cosme will be the best offensive line lineman in this game. Kevin, we appreciate the time. You're our brother in Pluckers love. Have a great weekend and a hook em, baby. Guys, I was downing some wings last night, and uh, I can't wait to, uh, to see you guys in person again. And uh, you guys keep it up. Give me a shout if you need anything, all right? All right. See you, homeboy. There he goes. Kevin Dunn from the Horn down in Austin. Uh, really good horn contact. All right, so it's the Ben and Skin Show. It's 105.3 The Fan. Some NFL news broke earlier. Tyreek Hill signs an extension. Uh, that's going to put him about the 18-year neighborhood. It's only a three-year deal. Antonio Brown uh, will have more news on him as he's standing with his teammates, being very emotional about how much his team matters to him now that he may have pissed away his guarantee. <laughs> and we have all these NFL games to get to, too. Lots of NFL and Cowboy stuff coming up next on the Ben and Skin Show. 105.3 The Fan. Lots to get into uh, on the show still remaining. We'll get back into the Jerry Jones audio coming up here in just a bit. Mickey Spagnola joins us, but we're going to, and before Brian Broaddus joins us, we're going to preview all the games in the NFL. We're going to do it in two parts, and let's just dive in. Uh, we, we already have one game in the books. Obviously, we've talked about that a little bit. Packers get the win over the Bears, an incredibly boring game. Let's now move on to the remaining games, and let's start with the Rams going to Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers with sharp teeth and claws. Uh, Jared Goff wasn't very good on the road last season, just 10 passing scores versus nine picks on the road. Uh, also, uh, he threw six scores against six picks in five games in December. Uh, 32 touchdowns overall, tied for six in the league, and now he is very paid. But uh, this is uh, this is going to be an important road challenge for the Rams early. And uh, the Carolina, there's about five teams in the NFL where I just don't know. And this is pretty normal NFL, but I don't know what they are. I don't. You you could end up showing me at the end of the season the Carolina sit there at 10 or 11 wins, and I'd be like, all right. 
Cam Newton stayed healthy. McCaffrey's a weapon. They had relative good health. They made it happen. And then I could also be standing there going, yeah, I totally see uh, 5 and 11. That made a lot of sense. They're just, there's about four or five teams where they're, I'm, I'm not quite sure what their identity is. I'm not quite sure how good they're going to be able to be. And I think, I think it's real hard for Vegas to put a line on a team like Carolina hosting a home game in week one against a team like the Rams. It's just hard to figure out. You know, I think they, they give off this creepy 8-8 eight eight type vibe, you know? And it's like, hey, a couple things could go your way. What's very interesting to me about this game, because we're, we're going to talk about Zeke workload a lot, is Todd Gurley workload. How is load management going to step in uh, with the Rams? And then a Memphis running back getting carries in uh, Daryl Henderson. I'm very interested to see how they manage that. And what could be a bit of a wet field, too, is Hurricane Dorian is still kind of hovering in the Carolinas. Carolinas. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I love what the Rams do. We've talked about this quite a bit. They keep the same personnel out on the field yeah. for most of the time. Uh, all three Rams wideouts last year played 95% of the snaps when they were all healthy. Oh, uh, wow. Golly. He got his whoopee back, too. Jared Cup. Goff got his will be back in Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Yep. All right, let's move on to another game. Let's go Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, cannot wait to watch the Browns. A little Baker Mayfield, ODB. Looking forward to this very much. Did you guys see the ODB news? He does not feel like he's fully healthy with his hip. And yes. he said he's not feeling like he can open up and really turn it on yet said he felt like a sports car with the alignments off or something <laughs> like he sense. can't fully sprint his hip something's wrong with his hip he just can't fully kick it into high gear wow. yet but i think we all agree that the titans are just not going to be fun to watch for another another year yeah they're, they're so not fun to watch decade or two. they have a giant running back is like the yeah. size of ed two tall jones and they're just going to give him the ball a lot I Derek think, henry yeah this is a last dance with mariota yeah i think mariota i think he's good i just think he's been beat up a lot and i think that they have a crap offense i think if you put mariota on the cowboys i think the rest of the league would be a lot more bullish on mariota if you put him on a good line with Good receivers and the best running back in football. I, I don't think there would be any more doubts about Mariota. I just think he's in a bad situation. Mariota has 24 touchdown passes and 23 picks over his last 29 games. You know, and their OC last year was now the Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur. So, is he 15? How old is that guy? Uh, Yeah, he's 15. God, he is such a baby. Um, so who's the Titans' offensive coordinator now, I guess would be my question. Now that's a weird thing to ask on the fly. I'm going to say it's Fred. Because this is the guy who's there to save Mariota, and it's Arthur William Smith. Do they have enough weapons? Corey Davis is okay. Corey Davis is, like, wide receiver one there, mm -hmm. but, like, wide receiver two for everyone else. Right. You know, that type of thing. But he's a top ten pick in the draft. They need him to step up and be wide receiver one. A lot of fantasy drafters got a chub for chub. Nick Chubb averaged 4.4 yep. yards uh, per carry after contact last season. So think about that. 4.4 after contact. That's the highest mark since the measure has been tracked you guys for 12 will, years. He's hard you guys, to bring down. You guys willing to say that the Browns <laughs> – Got to put some ice on it. You guys willing to say that the Browns are going to be a, I'll say, top six offensive team in the NFL? No. No? I mean, they got a lot of weapons. They got a ton of weapons and a quarterback that can throw it. Love that tight top end. Top six? Yeah. And I'm going to say by, I'll, I'll do the metric of, because there's different metrics, I'll do the metric of points scored. Okay, I haven't power ranked the offenses, but I do top know six. I have an extremely high amount of confidence in the weapons they have. Right. I think, really like Baker. I think the Browns are going to put up a ton of points. I'll talk top 12 with you. Top 12 is generic, dude. 
You need to you need to really like hey the twelve all right I'm middle of the pack. It's more generic than top six. Top six puts you at a level where you're actually <laughs> committing to how good the offense okay. is. Uh, I'm not there yet for, with them. Well, I'll give you an example. Last year the Cowboys were top six in defense, and yeah. we had discussions about whether or not they're on the cusp of sure. elite. So that's why I picked that number. I think that it'll be an elite offense. All right, Ooh. let's move on to a truly elite offense, Ooh. and that is the Kansas City Chiefs of Kansas City. Uh, against a truly elite defense in the Jacksonville Jags, and this is uh, in Jacksonville. You like Andy Reid? So last time they matched up, Pat Mahomes threw for 313 yards, uh, but he had no touchdowns, and he was picked off twice. Um, he did throw for 300 yards and eight straight last year to tie the record and became the third player ever with 50 passing scores last season. But the Jags allowed just 195 yards in the air per game last season and just 17 passing scores in the entire season. One other note about this this game, and this is from Fantasy Guru. In 12 of 15 seasons, Andy Reid's top running back has been a top eight player in fantasy football points. Wow. Per game. So who is that guy this year? That's a good question, man. Because, it, boy, when, when they did pick up LaShawn McCoy, I immediately went, man, I think so little of him in Buffalo, but I think pretty highly of him in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll probably be Damian Williams until McCoy gets his – feet on the ground and, and pretty man they're gonna give darwin thompson touches they're gonna throw the ball to mccall hardman kelsey's gonna be involved sammy watkins is gonna be involved they're gonna throw the ball to conley like they have oh i think conley signed with them again yeah uh they're gonna throw the ball to freaking uh to tyree kill tyree kill and jalen ramsey is the is the matchup here that i'm most excited about because is jalen got a chase is yep. he okay yep. wow that is exciting um, and then, of course, you have Nick Foles out there sucking it up. Hey, Nick Foles is 11-3 and in his last 14 starts. So for everyone out there who likes to judge quarterbacks solely based on their wins, he's, he's the best ever. He's he a Super Bowl champ, homie. Yeah, yeah and, and, and now sample size. his career, uh, his entire career numbers when he's not on the Eagles, 10 touchdowns and 10 picks. You know, <laughs> their whole goal is going to be to set the clock back and give it to Fournette. And see if Fournette's ankle holds on. I was going to ask if he's healthy. He's going to try to be healthy. You know, that's how, so I can report that. Can try to be. Uh, All right. D.D. Westbrook is their number one wide receiver. I like D.D. Westbrook, but, again, we're kind of talking about a weaponry issue mm -hmm. offensively. Absolutely. All right. Baltimore Ravens at Miami Dolphins. Whoop. I'm looking forward to seeing Lamar Jackson. And he went 6-1 and one as a starter last year, by the way. Uh, had 695 yards rushing. Uh, pretty impressive. Had a QB rating of 102 of three starts on the road. Uh, in seven games as a starter, threw for five touchdown passes uh, while averaging just 159 yards per outing. I can't wait to watch him play against a real team, but I'll go ahead and take this. I'll go ahead and take this Sunday just because, you know, the NFL is fun, but I can't wait to see Lamar Jackson go up against a real team. It could be really exciting to see how bad the Dolphins can be. Um, and for those of you who are air quote just goofing in a in a eliminator league, uh, I, Ravens are the pick this week, right? Uh, could the Dolphins play each week? It's going to be the, the team you're probably looking at. I would so. think so. Yeah, Lamar's Lamar's very interesting. Mark Ingram's got a chance to thrive because they're they've made it quite clear too. There's now about six teams you can identify who want to run more than pass, and I, the Packers are one of them too. Everything time you talk to Lafleur or you hear him talking, mm -hmm. we've got to run the ball. Yeah. We've got to run the ball. So Seattle's doing that. Baltimore's now doing that. Jacksonville's doing that. The Cowboys sometimes do that. There are a lot Go of teams Cowboys. who just want to run. Who's that? <laughs> yeah, who was that, Shippy? My friend. Go okay. Cowboys. 
All right, uh, <laughs> let's move on to. She ended hey, it with hey, that. guys, don't choke here. We gotta, we gotta finish this yep, strong. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, and I, I need, to, I need, I need to finish. Uh, Atlanta Sir. Falcons at Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Matt Ryan has thrown two picks in in two of the last three against the Vikings. I think uh, Minnesota is another one of those teams that I kind of classify as Carolina. I could see Minnesota fart around and win that division. I think everybody last night was watching that game going, all right, your division winner comes from these two teams. I could see Minnesota took a step back last year. I could see them taking a step right back forward again. I picked the Vikings to win that division. Okay, I'm but with I, you, dog. But I have them in that same area of Green Bay and Chicago. Right. Like, I, don't, I don't know. They're all going to beat up on each other probably. They're those all going to hover teams, nine and seven. Those three teams will collectively go 500 against one another. But, you know, they've, they made some things. Uh, they, they made some adjustments. They've tried to draft offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They've added two offensive linemen to the mix uh, to try to keep him on his feet. Dalvin Cook is still a major question mark where I think you go, man, if he can play, he's got a chance to be – I don't want to say MVP candidate, but a top 10 back in the league. Give you some yards. He's nice, core. but he's not their goal line back. He's not right? the goal line guy. And they just, they, they, didn't they add C.J. Anderson? Oh, that was Detroit. I'm they sorry. have I mean, Alexander Austin. Madison. Uh, Madison's the backup, the Boise State guy. Is he more of a goal line guy? or will Not really. Okay, I think he's so... more of an insurance policy in case uh, Cook's hamstring blows up again. So maybe Cook will get those goal line carries now. There's also fear. Uh, saw, oh, Someone in one of the Minnesota writers fear of Stephon Diggs being hurt. Oh, is that right? Uh, that it could be a little yeah. worse than what they're thinking. So hamstring. But Thielen is great, man. Thielen's a clear top ten wide receiver. Why is Shippy cheering for a Diggs injury? I'm not. <laughs> is, is that something from the Fantasy Fun yeah. Cast? Uh, it, yeah, we talked about it. Atlanta's interesting too because uh, Calvin Ridley. I, I love that pick. They still have all those weapons. They're probably about to give Julio a deal. And what they've done on defense with Grady Jarrett, who they paid. They got Tack McKinley, who's coming on a little bit. Vic Beasley, Deion Jones. They got a chance to be a really good defense. These teams are very similar to me. That's why I'm kind of excited yeah. about this game. Oh, I think hey, it's a great match. You said similar, right? Similar. Did I do it right? Yeah, wow, yeah. that's incredible. Hey, before you give him, a, yeah. give him an award, he just said that Jones was about to get a dill. Oh, okay. All right. yeah, he's about to get a dill pickle. By the way, Adam Thielen uh, was a beast last year, especially early in the season. Uh, he went for 100 yards in nine games last season, and uh, he saw at least 10 targets in seven of eight games to start the year. That's that's one of the more fun games matchups. Yeah. Vikings sure. 30, uh, Falcons 27. Book it. Book it. Book it. There he goes. We'll get to part we'll two. Uh, we'll get to part two of our NFL preview coming up momentarily. <sighs> but coming up next, Jerry Jones had some incredible comments today on the Ben and Skin Show. And we've got the balls to replay them for oh. you. And we can't wait because we've got the audio balls yep. of, of sound bites. For sure. And those clips are coming your way next on the Ben and Skin Show, live from the Eagle's Nest in Fort Worth, 8455 Boat Club Road. Come hang with us and have the sloppy choppy. Mm. Uh, Jerry Cuts next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 